I want you to clap your hands and shout to the Lord as loud as you can with a voice of triumph. Awesome. That's pretty good, but I want you to think that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords just walked in the room. How would you act? Well, he is here right now. Can you say amen to that? Would you lift both hands and tell him, Lord, we exalt you today. Can we just exalt him today? Come on. We exalt him. I love this old song. Sing it. Tell him again. Lift those hands. Lift your voice and tell him. We exalt thee. We exalt thee. Yes, God. We exalt thee. Let's sing it one more time, y'all. Come on, exalt him over every problem, over every circumstance. We exalt thee. Yes, God. We adore you. We extol you. We exalt you, Jesus. lift those hands one more time father we pray for that ingredient that comes from heaven it flows out of your nature it is your essence we pray for your anointing in this building today if the anointing is here anything can happen if the anointing is here generational curses can be broken if the anointing is here the sick can be healed if the anointing is here, the backslider can come on. If the anointing is here, anything can change at any moment. So, Lord, we ask you to send your anointing in this place. We give you praise right now. We give you glory. We purposely and with a decision have made up our mind to exalt you, to exalt the name of Jesus. And, Lord, as we exalt you this morning, will you do what only you can do? Will you move among us and will you work miracles here today? Come on, sing it one more time, y'all. We exalt thee. Hallelujah. We exalt thee. Bless your name, Jesus. what I want you to do. Look at someone next to you and tell him, tell them if you will exalt him he will meet every need that you have this day. Just exalt him. Now one more time before you sit down, let's give God the high praise, shall we? Let's give God the high praise. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Just remain standing. I'm going to read our text and get right into the word of the Lord. And for all of you who are watching online, I just want to say that we love you so much. And I received a bunch of texts this morning saying, Pastor, I hope it's okay that we stayed home to watch online today. And of course it is. It's fine. And I am glad all these people have assembled themselves together in the sanctuary today. Are you glad you're in the building today? Luke chapter 21, I want you to look at verse 28 as you're finding it. Just let me make one announcement. We're thrilled about the book, The Blessing, and uh, it'll be released September the 14th. Thank you for all of you who have pre-ordered the book. A lot of people have already pre-ordered the book, and I just wanted to pause and tell you thank you for that. It's going to be a blessing to you. Man, I feel God all in this building today. I'm not just saying that. That's not a cliche. I sincerely feel the presence of God among his people today. My Bible tells me that God inhabits, he dwells in the praises of his people. That is beautiful. Luke chapter 21, verse number 28. And when these things begin to come to pass, Jesus speaking, then look up. And lift up your heads. Say this with me. There's a shift in your lift. Lift up your heads. For your redemption draweth nigh. And he spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth. You see and know of your own selves. That summer is now near. So likewise. When you see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God, say those three words, kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. I'm going to preach this first part of the new series entitled Redemption. And today we're going to call it Look Up and Lift Up. I want you to say that to three people around you. Look up and lift up. Let us pray right before you sit down. Father, we love you and we thank you for a season of learning. And as we are learning, you are turning. I feel that strong, God, today, that there is a shift in this atmosphere. Something is turning today in our lives. We thank you for the diadem of your grace. Thank you for the dialogue of heaven being expressed among your people today. Help the preacher to preach things he did not study to say. And help the people to hear things that the preacher does not say. Let him that hath an ear to hear let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Father, we praise you that all generational curses are broken. All generational spirits are dismissed. And we say, have your way in Jesus' name. Would you exalt your Savior one more time with a good praise before you sit down? You can't praise him too much. I'll say it again. You can't give him too much praise. 
Amen. Look at three people and tell them it's on in the building and then you may sit down. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. In keeping with and staying attuned to the urgency that this hour presents to us, I've chosen to revisit the idea of what is God saying prophetically in this hour? What is he saying in this season that we're living in? And then finally, how can I bring encouragement to you in such a turbulent time? That is my task today. My job today is to make sure you leave this building feeling good, that you feel encouraged that God has everything in control. He is still sovereign. Hallelujah. When the year started, we preached that this would be a year of waiting. Well, it has. We talked out of the book of Habakkuk chapter 1 and where he asked, and this was in January, where the prophet said, How long, Lord? Will this last? Well, we're in August. In our last series about Noah, as it was in the days of Noah, there's a statement that stood out to me in that series, and this is what it is. Build something redemptive in the face of the ridiculous. Build something redemptive in the face of the ridiculous. Or build something that would save people from their error and their evil. Build something that would save people from error or evil. It must be noted that Jacob waited 20 years to redeem his property and his wife. In the book of Judges, chapter 4, the people cried out for 20 years because Jabin was oppressing them. And then a lady received a call from God. Her name was Deborah. And in essence, Deborah stood up and said, enough is enough. And after 20 years of oppression, she delivered God's people. In the book of Exodus, chapter 30, and verse number 14, you'll find that young men 20 years old had to be redeemed by a half shekel of silver. Silver is that metal in Scripture that is always used for the purpose of redemption. Man, I feel something here about to take off. So 20 in Scripture is always connected in some form or fashion to expectancy, anticipation. 20 is always connected to the idea of redemption all through the Bible. So once again, in reference to the events that we are now standing in, the signs of the end of an era are listed in Luke chapter 21. If you go back and look at them and you see Jesus said, when you see these things, begin to come to pass, look up and lift up your heads because your what? 
Redemption draweth nigh. He did not say your rapture draweth nigh. He said your redemption draweth nigh. I want to once again challenge your escape theology. The church has an audacious responsibility to occupy till he comes. So we must question theology that says we just want to get out of here. When God has anointed you and mantled you to be here for such a time as this. Esther didn't try to get out the kingdom. She tried to stay in the kingdom and do what God called her to do. Are y'all with me today? So there's just a few things to look for before redemption happens according to Jesus. Man, I feel this here, man. Luke chapter 21, here's a few things you need to consider. Number one, Jesus said, before redemption happens, take heed to yourselves that you be not deceived. The first warning before redemption is deception. Deception carries with it the power of a pull. It will distract you and trap you. Deception is the work of the enemy. Paul said, I fear lest by any means you have been corrupted from the simplicity that is found in the Gospels. And the word there, corrupted, means you have been deceived even as Eve was deceived in the garden. I just want to be very, uh, very adamant about this here now. Be careful with deception. Deception carries the same impact of revelation. Don't miss that. I didn't say the same effect, the same impact. You can be deceived and think you've received a revelation. I'll, I'll teach you on that some other time. Luke 21, also Jesus said before redemption happens, this will always be a sign. Nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. The word nation there is ethnos. Or ethnicity. In other words, Jesus said before redemption happens, there will always be race wars. There will be racial tension before redemption transpires. I'll leave it there and let you think about it. Luke chapter 21 verse 11 says, Jesus speaking, before redemption happens, there's a guarantee that pestilences will be released in the earth. Plagues diseases, viruses will be released in the, I'm just giving, I just pulled a few for you today that I thought would be pertinent. Luke, Matthew chapter 24, verse 10, before redemption happens, watch what Jesus said. Many will be offended. All right now. Many will be offended and shall betray one another and they shall hate one another. So before redemption, there's a guarantee there's going to be offended people. I don't know that we've ever seen in history a season where more people are offended than right now. It really don't matter what you post. It's wrong. It don't really matter what you say. It's going to be wrong. Someone is guaranteed to be offended. And the word offense here in the Greek means to be trapped. The Greek word is scandalizo, where you get the word scandal. 
that in the last days there will be scandals that will produce offenses that will trap people and it will polarize relationships that have been together for a very long time. But suddenly in a moment of time, I don't like you. So I unfriend you. And then after I unfriend you, I block you. Oh yeah, am I on? Am I right about it? Are we? Let me ask you: Are we living right there right now? There are people you thought would be in your life for a very long time, and suddenly the pandemic showed up, and you thought you ought to wear a mask, and they didn't. And a mask separated you from friends you thought you would have for a lifetime. Oh, I know it seems trite, but it's very real. If that wasn't enough, the race issue shows up again, but stronger than ever. And suddenly the blood of those who have been mistreated and disenfranchised, marginalized, has suddenly said enough is enough. Now, some of y'all don't like that rhetoric, but and then the other side of that says we haven't done anything. I'll let you think about that as well. The purpose of the dialogue is this. Offenses are guaranteed before redemption. I don't think I've ever seen so many offended people. Some of y'all are thinking about your friends right now. And that's a good thing. Everyone say this with me. It's a trap. Now I'm going to break this down for you. I believe the enemy is tricking and trapping us. Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Somewhere he's sitting in the corner laughing at all of us because suddenly the church is acting like the world. And the, we have become the laughing stock of this generation. And of all places that should bring healing to a season, it should be the house of God. That's why Paul wrote to the church at Rome in chapter 14, verse 17. Listen what he said. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That tells me you can't even have the kingdom without the Holy Ghost. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. So then, listen to it, let us aim for harmony in the church and let us try to build each other up. One rendering says, let us try to lift each other up. In all your lifting, be sure to be an encouragement to your brothers and sisters in Christ. So in the midst of these, all of these signs, I found these encouragements. In verse 9 of Luke 21, Jesus said, when all this starts happening, number one, be not terrified. Don't be afraid. Verse 13, he says, all of this that's happening, it shall turn to you for a testimony. Boy, this is good stuff here. All the trouble is going to ultimately become our testimony. You don't have a testimony until you go through something. It's what you go through that gives you a testimony. We overcome him by the blood of the lamb. Talk back to me. And the word 
Is this a Pentecostal church? Pentecostal church is a participatory church. Pentecostal people talk back to the preacher. Somebody shout, there's a testimony in this. Verse 19 of Luke 21. He says this, in your patience, possess ye your souls. If there's one thing that's been tried among the people of God, it's our patience. Am I the only one hearing this word here? If one thing's been tested in the people of God in this hour, it's our patience. In our text, verse 28 says, when these things begin to happen. Now, let me clarify something to you. Here's the exegesis. When these things begin to happen, anywhere, at any time. I'm going to say it again. When these things begin to happen, anywhere, at any time, it is a sign that your redemption is drawing near. What does that mean? The complete deliverance of my disciples is at hand. When you see all of this, the complete deliverance of my disciples is at hand. The release is about to be revealed when you start seeing these kinds of signs. Church, do you hear me talking to you? It's where we are right now. When you see stuff, like you're seeing right now, it is a sign that release is about to be revealed. When you see stuff like you're seeing right now, it is a sign that his disciples are about to be delivered. I hope you hear me. Just like the ark was the redemptive work of God during Noah's day, in this chapter 21 of Luke, the kingdom will be the redeeming agency of the people of God when these things begin to happen. So likewise, when you see these things, know that not only is your redemption nigh, but the kingdom of God is nigh. Oh, Lord have mercy. Not only is your redemption near, but the kingdom is near. Jesus said the kingdom of God is among you. The kingdom of God is within your reach if you want to be safe in this hour. I want to encourage you in something. It's one thing to belong to a church, but I'm convinced of this. You can be in a church and not be a part of the kingdom. You better be sure that your membership is part of the kingdom before your membership is part of any church. I need to know if there's any kingdom members in the church today. If you belong to the kingdom, you ought to holler hallelujah right now. Whew. All right. Can I take it a little deeper? Understanding redemption. Here you go. To redeem something would be along these lines. To restore what needs to be restored. To reestablish that which has been removed from its foundation. Mm. To reinstate the proper functioning of something that God ordained. That is redemption. Bring back into the original existence or put back into the original intention. I'm talking to you about redemption. To put 
put back into use something that does not feel useful or does feel useless to put it back into use. Preach, Pastor Rick. To function properly in the right position is redemption. To function properly in the right position. If you was going to use redemption as a verb, then you would say to pull up and to pull out of an undesirable state. In the next few weeks, God is going to get in the business of pulling in this church. You're going to be pulled up and you're going to be pulled out of an undesirable state. What does that mean? You are in a place that you don't want to be. You are in a place in your mind that you are uncomfortable with. You are in a place in your soul that is agitating you. I came by to tell you that this anointed series is going to pull you out and pull you up to the position that is pleasant, to a place now that is desirable. Somebody shout, we're going back to the future. It means to reclaim something. It means to recover something. It means to rescue something. Some of you God is going to redeem and he's not even going to ask your permission because your purpose is so important to him that he's going to reach into your undesirable place and he's going to snatch you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You used to know what it felt like to be used by God. But now you're so mad and mean about everything that's going on. You have mispositioned your purpose. And God is saying your purpose is too valuable to be dwelling in the land and in the valley of depression. Somebody shout, I'm coming out of this mess. I'm sorry, y'all. I didn't mean to go to preaching this early. I've got an agenda, though. I'm going to read it to you from the Message Bible, verse 28, Luke 21. When all this starts to happen, I like this rendering here. When all this, Jesus speaking, when all this starts to happen, up on your feet. That's what Jesus said. When all this starts to happen, up on your feet. Stand tall with your heads held high. And then Jesus said, help. Help, help, help is on the way. Your redemption, draw it now. Somebody ought to jump up and shout, my help is on the way. Look at somebody next to you and tell them your help is on the way. Don't doubt it. Don't question it. Do not negotiate with the devil. Do not compromise your conviction. Pastor Rick came to encourage you. I'm going to tell you one more again. Your help is on. If you believe it, throw your hands up and shout it. My help is on the way. Look at somebody and tell them, I told you it's on in the building. And it's on in the building. Let me get back into this thing. So as I'm studying this, oh, Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost here. Some of y'all don't know what that means. The Holy Ghost is tangible. The presence of God is not something that exists. 
something, but it's something that you feel. It exists in essence. It don't just exist. It exists in essence. The presence of God is something that is tangible. And hear what I pray for you today. That before you leave this building, you would feel the essence and the presence of God. Oh, Lord, let it happen. So as I studied this idea of redemption, I got to one word. And it been working on me since Monday. I walked actually three days this week. No, not four. No, not five. Not six. How I wish I would have. But I got three out. Three times. Progress. Three is better than two. Three is better than one. No, it's not as good as seven. But I walked three times this week. And my wife was so proud of me. I am redeeming my integrity with my wife. Yes, Lord. But as I studied this, this word was tattooed on my mind. It kept turning over in my spirit. The word was lift, lift. There needs to be a lift among God's people. I'm walking and God's talking. Son, my people need to be encouraged. They need to be lifted. Whew. Not leveled out. Lifted up. I say, Lord, if you give me the words, I'll give it to him. And boy, did he start pouring it on. So I have an agenda today. My agenda is to give you a lift. My agenda is to raise your faith to a level you've never lived in. My agenda is to transport you to a higher life, not a lower life. So there are many things in scripture regarding the idea of lift. Somebody shout that word lift. Now say it again. There's a shift in your lift. Many times to prop properly understand the full efficacy of a word you must consider its opposites. Are y'all with me? So, if I say lift up, the antonym would be on this wise, let down. Have you ever felt let down? You had expectations in somebody or in something and they, they let you down. You know what's happened in this season? There's been a lot of let down. Man, you let me down. I count, counted on you and you let me down. I thought this was going to happen and then you let me down. It means to depress, to decrease, to denounce, to demote, or to diminish one. That's the antonym of lift up, to diminish you know what happens when you live in trouble too long? You start feeling insignificant. And you start discounting and diminishing your very call. And if you do not feel significant, you'll never walk in the priority of importance. And when you don't walk in the priority of importance and significance, you begin to accept things you never would have accepted. When you're walking in the full explosion of purpose. 
So Jesus says, when these things begin to happen, lift up your head. Say it again. There's a shift in your lift. When everything says, look down. Come on in this building. When everything says, look down, Jesus says, look up. Jesus says, lift up. Can I preach for a while in this building? I might run into overtime today. Mm. Psalm 3, verse 1. O oh Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Now, let me set this up for you. Psalm 3 is written by King David when Absalom caused a revolt among David's people. And he pulled a large contingency of David's congregation with him. David is running for his life in the wilderness when he writes this psalm. And he says, how are they increased to trouble me? Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for that man. <laughs> but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You are my glory and you are the lifter up of my head. Hallelujah. Everything's wrong. But God, you are my shield, you are my glory, and you are the lifter up. Can I get some help in the back? You are the lifter up of my head. Everything is looking crazy right now, but you are my shield and my glory. You are the lifter up of my head. I've learned something that as long as your head is down, you can only see where you are. I'm going to say it again. As long as you're looking down, you can only see where you are. If you want to look at your future, if you want to look to the place where you're going, you can't look down. You got to lift up. If you want to see your tomorrows, then you got to look past your today. Now he says, lift up your heads. In the Greek, it means that which is supreme, that which is the summit, or that which is the standard. Get your standard back. Lift up your standard. Whoo, that's strong, y'all. Some of us have compromised our standards in this season, but I feel the Holy Ghost saying, get your standard back up there where it's supposed to be. Get your standard of living back in the place it's supposed to be. Lift up your heads. So I start thinking about it. And I say, Lord, we sure, can I go Louisiana vernacular on y'all? We sure enough need a lift. Can y'all say that to your neighbor? We sure enough need a lift. Oh, I'm going to go country on you right now. Corn in my teeth. Tell your neighbor one more time, we sure enough need a lift. Too much living in depression. Too much demoting each other. Too much diminished destiny. It's time for us to lift up our heads. Job says, Job of all people. Now this man done lost everything and then some. 
But he says in chapter 22 and verse 29, when men are cast down, when men are cast down, watch what he says. Then you shall say, there is a lifting up. In other words, I might not see it, Isaiah, right now. But I know at any moment, there's going to be a lifting up. And welcome to your lift up morning on a Sunday morning in August. Tell your neighbor, I came to get my lift. It means to raise to a higher level position. It means to bend upward. It means to point or to direct upward. Somebody shout, we going up today. So I start studying the Bible. And the first time anything was ever lifted in Scripture, deliverance happened. Exodus 14, 16. But lift up your rod, Moses, and stretch your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. God's not asking you to lift something that is not in your hand. God is not asking you to lift something that you don't have power over. God is saying it's time for you to lift up your own standard, to lift up your own purpose. Talk back to me in this building. The first time anything was ever lifted in the Bible, deliverance happens. When we start lifting up what's supposed to be lifted up, I promise you, deliverance is about to transpire. Lift up the rod that is in your hand. And then I looked at Psalm 24, verse 7. Lift up your heads. Here we go. O ye gates, and be ye lifted up ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who are the gates? You are the gates. The word gates means things permitted or things prohibited, things allowed to enter and things allowed to exit. The, Isaiah said, your wall shall be called salvation and your gates shall be called praise. We want God to visit, but we won't lift up a praise to him. We won't lift up our gates. Lift up your head, O ye gates, and the king of glory shall come in. If we miss anything in the church in this hour, it's the passion to praise him. We are so mature now that the praise we used to have when you first got stammering lips and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you used to praise him with all your heart, but now your passion has grown cold and your fire has gone out. But God said, it's time for the gates to be lifted up. What are you saying, Pastor Rick? Until we get praise back in the house, we're not gonna have visitations from the king. God said, I'm going to build a church that knows how to lift up praise right in the midst of the problem of people that know how to praise right in the middle of a pandemic of people that know how to praise while everything is going crazy in your country. I'm going to give you 15 sanctified seconds to lift up your gates. Oh, you... Do you want the... Don't turn me down. Do you want the king of glory to show up? Then you got to send up a praise. You want the king of glory to come in? You got to send up a praise. You want the Lord of hosts to visit you in the house? You got to send up a praise. I'm tired of pacifying praise. I'm tired.
tired of excusing people that refuse to praise. Jesus said, if you don't praise me, that the rocks will cry out in your place. God is looking for people that will get their praise up, that will lift their voice and give him the praise he deserves. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and the King of glory shall come in. Your walls shall be called salvation, and your gates shall be called praise. I'm going to give you 10 more sanctified seconds to lift up a praise in this place. Somebody throw your hands up. Lift your voice and praise him. Now some of you are saying, oh Lord, is all this necessary? Oh, I just got started with you, baby. Because not only does he say, lift up your praise, but Psalm 134 verse 2 says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Lift up your hands where? In the sanctuary and bless the Lord. My Bible says lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. There's too much clapping and not enough lifting hands. And it's time for us to lift up the hands that are weary and the hands that are hanging down. God is looking for a people that don't mind throwing their hands up. I dare you to lift your hands. And while you're lifting your hands, lift your voice. Psalm 63 verse 4. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. I dare you to throw your hands up and say, in the name of Jesus, I lift up my hands. In the name of Jesus, I lift up my hands. In the name of Jesus, I lift up my hands over my kids. In the name of Jesus, I lift up my hands over my wife. In the name of Jesus, I lift up my hands over my house. In the name of Jesus, I lift up my hands today. Hallelujah. Now some of you say, Pastor Rick, does it take all this lifting? Tell your neighbor, honey, we just got started lifting. We ain't really lifted yet. We about to take this lifting to another level. Some of y'all been dwelling in the valley of low, but today you're going to ascend to the mountain on high because there's a lift in the building. Job said there is a lifting up. Now, some of you are saying it don't take all that noise. It don't take all that racket. It don't take all that. But my Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 9, not only lift up your hands, but verse 9 says, O Zion, that's the church, you that bring good news, get up. Get up in the high mountain, O Jerusalem. You that bring good news, watch what it says. And lift up your voice with strength. Lift up your voice with. He didn't say be passive. He didn't say be weak. He didn't say be quiet. He said lift up your voice with strength. Lift it up. That's what he said. Lift it up and be not afraid. 
Say unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. You know what this world needs to hear right now? They need to hear Zion saying to every city, to Philadelphia, Minneapolis, Portland, Seattle, New Orleans, Miami, New York. Judah's got to stand up and say, behold your God. I dare you to lift your hands and throw your voice up behind it and lift your voice and say, behold your God. Behold your God. Behold your God. Behold your God. Come on. Behold your God. One more time. Now you say, Pastor, are you serious? I told you I'm just getting started. Somebody shout, there's a lift in the house today. Say it again, there's a shift in your lift. Psalm 59, verse 17. I will lift my voice to sing your praise, O my strength. For you came to my defense, O God. You have shown me love and mercy. My God, God is saying, I've got an expectation of you. I delivered you, I saved you, I restored you, I healed you. And all I'm asking you for is just to lift your voice and sing to me with praise. I'm going to give you one more doggone second to lift your voice and shout to God with a voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your, lift your hands, lift your voice, lift your praise, lift your spirit, lift your faith, lift yourself. Somebody throw your hands up and shout to the Lord one more time. Lift your voice. Come on, tell your neighbor, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. No, I'm not going to back down. No, I'm not going to shut up. No, I'm not going to turn down the volume for too long. The voice of the people of God has been growing more and more silent. I came by to put my hand on the volume knob. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, we're passing up five, six, seven, eight, nine. We're going all the way to 10 today. We're going all the way till our voice is really lifted. We have been too quiet. Hold on, the Holy Ghost talking to me. Holy Ghost talking to me. The prophet said, who Moses says of the tribe of Judah, oh Lord have mercy. He says, Lord, hear the voice of Judah. We got TV shows that are built around judging voices. American Idol, the voice. And we judge them based on their voice. Ain't one of them got a microphone and went up there and sang like this. They gonna get the triple X you out right now. Because you ain't saying nothing. Jesus said, speak to the mountain and it shall be moved. Speak to 
to the pandemic and it will leave speak the church has been too quiet I'm going to say it again we have been too quiet it's time to let your voice be heard everybody talking about your vote I'm talking about your voice yeah you're supposed to vote but you're supposed to voice too what are you supposed to voice? Behold your God. I'm going to give you about 10 more seconds to lift your voice. Woo! Come on, turn it up. 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 Hallelujah. Hey, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Hallelujah. 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 Look at somebody and tell them, I'm not going to be silent no more. I'm not going to be quiet no more. That's right, Isaiah. Let it out. Come on. Somebody shout. Woo! Here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. You go to a Thunder game. You go to a Thunder game, let it get down to the last second. I don't even know none of the Thunder players no more after Westbrook left. Chris Paul's here, and Chris Paul pulls up with one second left, and they down by two, and he hits a three-pointer. You and your quiet self. You going to jump up and scream. Thund what do y'all say? Go thunder or thunder up. Thunder up. Right? Right? But when we tell you to lift your voice to the one who hung on a cross, bled and died for your sin, conquered death, hell, and the grave so that you can live forever. And we got to pump you and prime you to give God praise. You more dead than dead. I'm going to try you one more again. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to lift up your voice. Lift your hands. Lift your praise. Let that be a lift in this house. Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. Suddenly, there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled. Suddenly, there was a sound. Woo. Woo. 
I got to stop. I'm going to end it right here, but I don't want to. But I have to. But I feel the Holy Ghost here. It's time for the church to lift up their hands. It's time for the church to lift up their heads. It's time for the church to lift up their praise. It's time for the church to lift up their voice. It's time for the church to be the lifting agent of God in the earth. This world ought to hear you right now. These people watching ought to hear you in this building. And if you in your living room, you ought to just be dancing around your couch with your voice lifting. It's time for a lift. The shift is in your lift. Until you lift, you can't be shifted. Woo! Watch this. Woo! Woo! Isaiah 59. Lord, help me, Jesus. Lord, help me, Jesus. Woo! Isaiah 59, verse 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west don't miss this word from where the west. the west so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the what the and his glory from the rising of the sun man y'all forgive me I'm gonna get emotional because I'm telling you if we get this revelation Jesus said, when you're middle of a in, the, in the middle of a mess, look up and lift up your head. Stand on your feet. Let your voice be heard. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west. Thank you, Jesus. And his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up. When the enemy comes in like a what? Flood with a pandemic, with a virus, with disease, with racial tension, with political upheaval. When the enemy comes in and divides churches, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. The next verse says, and the Redeemer shall come to Zion. Who's coming? The Redeemer shall come where? To Zion. And unto them that turn from their transgression. Oh my God, I don't know if you just heard that. When everything that the enemy can send comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And the Redeemer shall come to the world? No. The Redeemer shall come to Zion, the church. And the Redeemer shall come to those who have turned from their transgression. Lift those hands right now. My God, have mercy. If you don't feel the Holy Ghost, I'm going to tell you something. If you don't feel the Holy Ghost right now, you better question your walk with God. 
You better ask God where you are with him. The Holy Ghost is all in this building right now. The anointing is thick in this sanctuary. Woo! Shut your heart. The Holy Ghost is here. My God. And he said, when the enemy comes in like a flood, he said, I will lift up a standard against him. And the Redeemer shall come where? To Zion. Somebody shall redemption is in the house. The Redeemer is here today. He's going to reinstate you. He's going to reestablish you. You're going to recover stuff you lost because the Redeemer is in Zion. Somebody throw your head back and shout, the Redeemer is here. The Redeemer is here. Now just keep those hands raised. This song is about to come to you. I asked them to learn this song last night. That sounds like me, right? I said, learn this song. They learned it this morning. This is a prophetic song to you. Lift those hands. Come on, sing it, Jamie. If you want to come to the altar, you can. If you want to come there's a lifting. Y'all step on up here and sing it to him. Come on, way up here. There you go. We lift up our hands. Come on, lift up those hands.
Hallelujah. We realize where our help comes from. When we were preaching as it was in the days of Noah, we realized that it took a flood to lift the ark to the top. Right? It takes a storm to lift the church to the top. And Jesus said in John chapter 12 and verse 32, listen to what Jesus said. And I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. They thought they were crucifying him. They didn't know they was lifting him up. They thought it was over, but when he got lifted up, he just got started. What do you say, Pastor Rick? When it looks as bad as it can get, guess what? Jesus is lifted up and he draws all men unto himself. Would you lift your hands and magnify him today? It's the same word. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Watch what it says. Oh, magnify the Lord. Oh, lift the Lord up with me. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt. Let us lift up his name together. Keep those hands up. Father, you know every heart in this building. I'm praying, first of all, for a baptism of the Holy Ghost. When I was getting ready this morning, I heard the Lord whisper in my ear real softly, real tenderly. I'm about to perform miracles at Quest. I said, Lord, miracles. He said, yes, tumors are going to dry up. Cancer is going to leave people's bodies. Whew. I heard it as clear as day in my spirit. Hallelujah. Lift up those hands one more time. Come on, don't put them down yet. I heard the Lord say it. I'm going to bring miracles. I'm about to do things that's going to shock people. I said, Lord, do what only you can do. And he reminded me, Rick, all they have to do is lift me up. Just keep lifting. Just keep lifting. Just keep lifting. When all these things happen, look up. And lift up your heads. Here's what I want you to do with your hands raised. Lean your head straight back to where you can't see nobody on your right or left. Just you're, you're looking straight up. Come on, lift up your heads. Now say this with me. Lord, we look to you as the servants look to the hand of the master and the handmaidens look to the hand of the mistress we look to you and we say we need you lord we lift up our eyes to the hills from which cometh our help our help comes from you your word says our help is on the way lord we are ready send help in jesus name keep those heads back your, your hands high Father, touch every person in here now. 
Please let them feel your presence. Close your eyes if you want to, but have an experience with him right now, would you? You can do that. You know how you get by yourself sometimes and you just hear from God. Just do that right now. The Lord is speaking to you. He's bringing peace to your storm. He's bringing the answer to your questions. Hallelujah. Your redemption draweth nigh. The Redeemer is coming to Zion. He's lifted up a standard against the enemy. Father, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost for a moment. If you've got the Holy Ghost, can you pray in the Spirit? Come on, the book of Corinthians tells us to pray in the Spirit in the, in the sanctuary. Glory to God. Thank you, God, that there's some recovering going on right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's beautiful. Come on, y'all. 15 more seconds. Pray in the spirit. Come on. There you go. There you go. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. There's a beautiful spirit here. The ambiance is saturated with the anointing. The ambiance is saturated with the anointing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mama, you want to say something? The Lord is saying, do you know what time it is? Do you really know what time it is? When you looked at the clock and heard the alarm, did you reach over and turn it off and go back to sleep? Or are you going to get up? Wake up. Get up. Powerful, Mama. Thank you. Mm. Mm. Well, come on and praise him then. That's beautiful. It's time for the church to wake up. Hallelujah. If you need prayer, there will be people up here to pray for you. Man, I feel God here is hard to leave here. Just bow your heads, please. If you're in this building and you know you're not right with God, and you say, Pastor Rick, after this message today, I've got to get my heart right with God. It's a must. I can't leave here unless I'm right with the Lord. And today I want to do that. Either you've never been saved or maybe you've been saved and you're away from the Lord. Lift your hand real high. Just lift it real high if that's you. If that's you. If I'm talking to you, you want to be restored to the Lord or you want to be born again, lift your hand real high. All right. God is good. Everyone pray with me. Every eye close, every head bowed just for a moment. Pray like this. Say, Lord, I thank you that you love me unconditionally. I receive that love today and I confess you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. 
Well, if you're excited about this series, would you clap your hands to the Lord Jesus Christ one more time? Shout this with me. My redemption draweth nigh. My redemption.